the Old Testament, and it's from Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. The birth of Moses. Now a man, house of Levi, married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the banks of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. And the second passage is from the New Testament, from Luke, chapter 2, just verses 33 to 35. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning and... um... I know that here at Christchurch you're a pretty bright bunch and uh, your scripture knowledge is pretty strong. So I just want to test that to start with. Um, First of all, I just want to ask a question. Uh, Can anyone tell me anything about what Moses did and what he stood for? So anything at all about Moses and what he stood for? Ten Commandments, says Bill. Bill in code and you in voice. Yeah, Ten Commandments, fantastic. Anything else about Moses? Parted Red Sea, yeah, with a bit of help from God, yeah. <laughs> Any, anyone else? <laughs> wilderness experience, yeah, leading the people through the wilderness, yeah. He killed an Egyptian, killed an Egyptian. yeah. He wasn't perfect by any means. Anything else? Yeah, handed over to Joshua. Yeah, so a lot of the first uh, few books of the Bible are attributed to uh, Moses. Now, I've got another question now. You did quite well on that one. Um, 
Now, I want you to put your hand up if you can tell me the name of Moses' mum. We've got one, we've got one and a half, two and a half. Anyone? Up? No, no. Strange, isn't it? We don't know Moses' mum. We know Jesus' mum, Mary. Moses' mum. So, enlighten us. Peter, the scholar. Jock of Ed. Well done. Fantastic. I'd be a bit aggrieved if I was Jock of Ed. I mean, she does get a mention later on. But, um, you know, as this story is told in Exodus chapter 2, it's, um, she's not given a mention. It's just a Hebrew woman. And uh, later on in the Bible, Hebrews 11, it's that great chapter of faith. It's a list of those who uh, have gone before us, who set an incredible example to us. And it says of um, Moses' parents, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Most of the rest of that chapter, it's got a list of very precise names of all these great heroes and heroines of faith. But here, Jochebed doesn't get a precise mention. We can rattle off the stories of Moses, but none of that would have been possible without Moses' mum and Moses' dad. Anyone know Moses' dad's name? Ah, Amram. But I didn't know without checking. Without her and his bravery and love. And in the New Testament, of course, Mary does get a lot more airtime as the mother of Jesus. And again, without her, where would we be? Motherhood. Motherhood is a privilege and a responsibility, and we celebrate that this morning. Mother's Day, originally, of course, in the church, was about something different. It was more about Christians gathering together, returning to their mother church, and uh, slaves and servants would be given the day off so that they could return to their mother church with their loved ones. But today we're not focusing on that. We're focusing quite deliberately and affirming motherhood. Mindful that uh, this isn't an easy day for everyone, but we ask that God might meet us as we are. Motherhood is something that we undervalue at our peril. It's imperative that government affirms and values the role of mothers through its policy-making and agendas. It's imperative that the church is mindful of and affirming of those who are mothers or who fulfil the role of mothers to others. Well, let's delve into Jochebed's story to see what we can tease out about the joys and demands of motherhood. Let's get the storyline first of all. There's been a period of great famine in Israel. And a group of Israelites have ended up in Egypt where Joseph has attained a position of power and influence and he's their primary advocate. And initially all goes well but over a period of 100 years or so the Israelite numbers start to increase exponentially and the new leadership in Egypt takes offence and starts treating them as slaves And that's because the Israelites are seen as a potential threat to the country's stability. And so they're treated increasingly badly 
And in desperation, the king takes drastic action. First in quite a devious, sort of hush-hush, below-the-radar sort of way. By encouraging the Egyptian midwives to cut short the lives of any Israelite, Israelite baby boys born to Hebrew women. But that doesn't work because the midwives are full of compassion. So he then issues a very cruel and heartless edict that all baby boys, all Hebrew baby boys, be murdered and thrown into the river to drown. Heartless, vindictive and self-preserving. And so we can't begin to imagine, can we, how Jochebed must have felt when she gave birth to this bundle of joy and discovered he had boy bits. What a hodgepodge of emotion she must have experienced. The raw joy of new life combined with a profound fear for her little boy's safety. Three months of uh, nursing, of feeding, of broken sleep, of out-of-sync hormones, of a mixture of joy and gratitude and concern. And then in desperation, she hides him by the riverbank, asking big sister Miriam to keep an eye on him from a safe distance. You see, there's no way that she's simply going to cave in to an immoral and repressive regime. Her child's need takes precedence. It's an extreme example, isn't it? But motherhood brings with it a rich tapestry of emotions, the joys and the sorrows, the heartache and the anguish, ecstasy and delight. There is a holding on in that role of caregiver and nurturer and a letting go as a child drifts inexorably towards adulthood and independence. There's a line that goes that mothers begin saying goodbye to their children from the moment they are born. And in Jochebed's case, that happens quite literally. And so Moses is hidden in the bulrushes. But then, by God's incredible provision, she receives Moses back. Pharaoh's daughter discovers the baby in the bulrushes and risking her father's displeasure and punishment, she takes pity on this little child and seeks to ensure that he's looked after. She spots Miriam nearby and Miriam, quick thinking, suggests that she finds a woman to look after the wee lad. Who does she fetch? But Jochebed, of course who enjoys a few more years of nurturing before Pharaoh's daughter adopts him as her own. More holding on, more letting go, more joy interspersed with deep anguish. And all along, Jochebed is seeking the very, very best for her beautiful boy, making tough choices, but from a heart of love and deep trust in God's provision. Sacrificial living and sacrificial loving. I think we saw something of that, those who watched some of Comic Relief on Friday night, some of the harrowing videos had images of mothers sacrificing for their children. And so we see motherhood as no bed of roses. We see that too with Mary in the privileged but demanding role of mother to a Messiah. 
And in that brief excerpt from Luke chapter 2, Simeon's insightful and prophetic words to her as Jesus is presented in the temple at just a few weeks old, finishing with that line, and a sword will pierce your own heart, your own soul too. Looking ahead to the time when her precious son would be cruelly beaten, mocked and crucified on the cross of Calvary. Every mother's journey is different. There's no blueprint for the role, but every journey involves a degree of sacrifice. And we acknowledge that today and give thanks. Maybe it's the sacrifice of career. Maybe it's the sacrifice of time and energy, the letting go of ambition, of selfish ambition. We've no certainty, of course, as to how the end product will turn out. Dealing with the tantrums of a two-year-old, the teenage angst, the uncertainties of adulthood, and the pain of seeing your children get hurt and sometimes hurt others. Mary had been given some insight into Jesus' future, but Jochebed could not have foreseen her precious son being used in the way that God chose to use him, leading God's people out of slavery towards the promised land. Jesus and Moses get the attention, but these women are integral to the story. Jane White and I went to the Christians Against Poverty conference uh, locally at Resound on Thursday, and they showed a video, which I'd love us to watch now, and it's um, entitled Emily's Story. I want to show this for two reasons. First of all, because it very much promotes the work of CAP, but also listen out for the role of her mother. Because although it's Emily's story, her mum is actually quite key in this. Johnny. Before life skills, I was sort of on on a road to nowhere. I didn't really have a purpose. I'd sort of hit a brick wall, it felt like, and I was just standing there and I didn't know where to go there was literally nowhere to go it was just a brick wall and um, I didn't know what I was doing I felt like a failure in life I've suffered with obsessive compulsive disorder from the age of about nine Um, it was so it was so bad when I was a kid because just because there was certain things in my life that I couldn't control yeah I'd seen some really crazy stuff growing up as a, as a kid just being in that sort of um, environment like just CID just raiding the house and like it's, there's actually there's books about it it's crazy so just going through things like that and you're a kid it's sort of like an un- uncontrollable situation so when I did go out I'd go out with my friends and I'd end up drinking like so much taking cocaine smoking um, marijuana you would not want to speak to me I was so angry and I would like, I'd been arrested for fighting and all kinds of things throughout my life. So when I was first invited to life skills group by my mother, she'd invite, I was like, oh, what, another churchy thing, go away, mum, no. And mum was praying for months for me to come. And then one day I was like, oh, right, I'll come, just so you stop asking me. Like, so I just went in there with no expectations or anything. And um it just made me realise how important I am to God. And I said the sinner's prayer and I gave my life to Christ and I started to walk with Jesus. And it was like immediately 
all my anxiety went. It was supernatural. It was so crazy. I've been through CBT. I've been maudsy. I've been through so every single type of psychiatry, like of anything you could think of, counselling and all that stuff that there is. And none of it had ever helped, really. And then I said that prayer, and it was just all taken away. And it felt like he took all that hurt out of my heart and literally just replaced it with his love. The sessions at CAP are brilliant. It helped with budgeting because we kept a, a diary of how much we were spending weekly. And it made me realise all the money I was actually wasting on things that I did, ended up either throwing away or not using. Eating on a budget, using things you wouldn't usually use, making it go a lot further, stretching certain foods that you wouldn't realise that you could make. Like, for example, mints. You, do you know how many meals you can make out of a bit of mints? It's just unreal. You wouldn't know. But until you come cap. They helped me to understand forgiveness to a, a level of where I could actually forgive people that I didn't even realise I needed to forgive. And I just forgive everyone of all them things and sort of forgive myself in the process. I love it and it's amazing what it does for people. Just having that community and those people there just uh, that you won't usually speak to or even know. You meet people and you learn things from them that you would never usually know or people you would never speak to usually. And it does, it makes a real, it just made a real big difference in my life. Yeah, give me some purpose. Everyone's like, wow, Alice, like, what's happened to you? Like, you are so different. And I was like, you know, when you first give your life, you're like, it's Jesus! It's Jesus, that's what's happened to me. So I was just praising him, and through that, I got baptised, and everyone see that, and they was like, I want some of that. So everyone invited Jesus into their life, my whole family come church. That's my, great, my grandmother, mama, my mother, me, and my daughter. So that's four generations saved through CAP through life skills. So yeah, it's amazing. My daughter, since going to church and doing Sunday school, it's given her that really solid foundation that um, you could only get by, go by knowing God and Jesus. That's the only way you can get it. And she's actually turned into a little evangelizer herself. So yeah, she's sort of telling all the kids in her, in her class like how much Jesus loves them and stuff. And it's just amazing. From coming from a six-year-old, it's just amazing. She said, Mum, I know I've got Daddy, and I love Daddy, but I've also got God, and he's my Heavenly Father, and he's the best Daddy ever. Yeah. Oh, don't. <laughs> just realised it's not Emily's story, it's Alice's story, but there you go. But incredibly powerful testimony of God at work. But again, the role of the mum in that situation, inviting to church. And now um, Alice is having an influence on her daughter, and her daughter is uh, speaking out for God as well. Just to finish, I just want to take us a step further in our thinking this morning. We want to celebrate and affirm mothers everywhere. But also I think it's really important that we remember that motherhood gives us an image of the lengths to which God is prepared to go for us out of his deep love. This verse on the screen, it's Jesus lamenting over the city of Jerusalem. 
And he's quoted as saying this, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. What a wonderfully evocative image that is of a mother hen gathering the the chicks. Jochebed and Mary and Alice show us what it means to love, to have compassion. And that's the call to all those blessed with children. But sometimes they get kicked in the teeth. And that's true with God. The one who creates, who provides for and loves every single human being on this earth. Constantly dealing with our rebellion and ignorance of him and his ways. And yet still he keeps on loving. And to show that love, he sends his son to die for us. It takes some getting, he- getting our heads around, doesn't it? Where earthly parents and their frail humanity can sometimes fail us, our heavenly parent is always faithful, always desiring our best. And so, as we celebrate mothers today, let's see in them something of the image of our Creator. And for those who are mothers, may you continue to allow God to work in you by his grace, to mould you increasingly in his image. You may not always get recognised for what you do. Maybe sometimes you're referred to as uh, Moses' parent, (laughs) whoever's parent. But actually, God is at work in you and through you and longs for you to know more of his fullness and that you might reflect more and more of his love to others, that he might get the glory. We're going to pray now, and uh, Anita is going to lead us in our prayers of intercession, I believe. She's looking a little bemused, as though that's maybe not the case. but (laughs) With help. With help.